Episode 62 of the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Fountas, and today I'm here solo, kind of. Uh, my regular co-host, as you guys know, Eric Sanchez. Uh, he's sick. He's got some type of weird throat disease, which is not good for him to be on a talking show, although he may call in via Skype in a little bit, which will be interesting. I also don't want him here because, obviously, the big news, if you guys follow me on Twitter, I've seen, is my wife and I welcome baby number two, baby girl Molly, to our family so it's now steve's house of ladies me my wife my daughter molly my daughter penny and my dog forest all females uh, if you want to f- get news like that and other fun stuff make sure you're following us on twitter at ppw podcast it's pretty much where all the interaction comes from and where all the fun stuff comes from you want to send us a long form note or audio question or comment ppw podcast at gmail.com and, of course, we're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. You can find us and subscribe. If you leave a review on iTunes, it would be super appreciated. It helps more people see us. And one more thing, I think, for proppers is if you want to support the show, you can head to whatmaneuver.net. It's whatamaneuver.net and pick up a T-shirt. We have a couple options there, just a regular Positively Pro Wrestling shirt as, as well as a I Never Complain Online shirt, both designed by our co-host Eric Sanchez, who's not here today. I really appreciate everyone sticking with us for these past couple weeks while I've been on paternity leave, kind of. Really, it's basically my wife and I playing single parent. I've got one, she's got the other. We're we're playing man-on-man coverage right now. Uh, But what's really fun is I got an awesome show topic today, and I have like a handful of guests. I threw out a tweet on Twitter because Eric was sick. I said, hey, my co-host is sick this week. Who wants to come on and be my co-host this week? And surprisingly, I had like three or four people say, yeah, I want to do it. So rather than pick one, I said, let's do them all. Uh, so we'll get started to our first guest here in a second, and it'll be rapid fire after that. This week's show topic is our favorite wrestling finds out in the wild. It could be a toy, it could be a memorabilia piece, it could be a belt, it could be a video or a DVD or, or anything like that, or a Funko Pop autograph, whatever it is. We've all got those stories where we're out looking for something, and either it just appears randomly or you get it magically. Uh, or anything like that. I'll, I'll tell my one really quick, and then I'll get to our guest, because really that's more fun than just me talking to myself here. This was back in, it's got to be 97, 98, and this is when the Jack Pacific figures are, are big, are starting to be released. And if I don't know if everyone else was in the country, but around Chicago, to get the Legion of Doom 2-pack was, like, impossible to find. Nobody had them. Walmart didn't have them. Toys R Us, Target, nobody had KB Toys. Nobody had these damn things. And my friend and I would go every day after school, ride our bikes to Toys R Us. Do you got them? No. Do you got them? No. We'd look on the top shelves, nothing, nothing. And the reason these were such a big deal, too, was because the, the shoulder pads came off compared to the old Hasbro LOD figures, which they did not come off. So it was a big deal to get. So one day we go to this, this Toys R Us, and you know we're expecting the same old situation. 
and we look on the shelf, look on the pegs. Sure enough, the LOD figures are not there. And then I glance up at the top, and I go to my buddy. His name is Rob. And I'm like, hey, look. And the top stop box is Jack Specific. And we're like, do you think? And, you know, we're in seventh grade, so we're not tall or big. You know, those, sh- those shelves are tall enough for a grown man. And I'm like, let's try it. So I'm like, I'll keep a lookout. You climb the shelf. So, of course, you know, I threw my buddy on the bus to do it. He climbs the shelf, and he, like, basically had to whack it off of the top of the shelf for it to fall down. He couldn't grab it. And it, it, it pops down, and we open up the box, and there they are, the LOD figures. And we were like, oh, my God. We each grabbed one, ran to the register like we stole something, bought it, didn't say a word until we were, like, across the street from Toys R Us. We thought, like, we did something wrong. You know, we thought they are going to come back and make us give the toys back. But we got them. And that was like just a defining moment for me when I was a kid was finding those amazing, amazing toys. And we got them. And it's something that I'll never forget. Obviously, I was in seventh grade. I'm 34 years old now. So it's something that stuck with me for a long time. So that's my one fine story. Uh, Now let's go to our first special guest. He's on the line. He's Chad from the Horror Movie Barbecue. He was on before. We did our awesome Coliseum video show, so I'm super happy to have him come back on. You could head to his website, HorrorMovieBBQ.com, and he's at HorrorMovieBBQ for Twitter, and he tweets out fun stuff, but mostly posts hilarious articles about junk and wrestling and junk food and pop culture and horror, all that fun stuff. Chad, how's it going out there? No. Oh, my gosh, it's going great. I don't know if I can live up to that uh, <laughs> introduction. Thank you. Yeah, man, it's, oh my it's gosh. awesome to have you on. I gotta tell you, I, oh, thank you very much. I, I, it, it's an absolute pleasure. Uh, I know there there might be a little too much Chad going on in this podcast episode we do have, from what we, I've heard. We, there is another Chad. <laughs> Chad part, Rad Chad will be joining yep. us. Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, oh, geez. Uh, you might want to hit the censor button already. Um. <laughs> I tell you, I gotta, t- I gotta tell you real quick. Uh, I, I relate to that story so much because I, I know that um, even though I was never the biggest LOD fan, I know that uh, in Chicago they were like uh, walking on water. So yeah, that's a that's an incredible story. Man. I love it. I love it. And it's just so funny because we all have these tales um, that are dumb to anybody else, but to like collectors of anything or wrestling in particular, it's a oh, big deal. Oh yeah, finding that one figure of your favorite superstar. You know, no matter what era it is, it, mm-hmm. that that's the you know that that that's always the pinnacle of toy collecting. Um, I, I know that uh, trying to find a uh, like Raven uh, when that first Toy Biz uh, figure came out, I think it was a little after he left in '99, because Raven was always one of my favorites. And when I finally found him, I was so happy, like I was just so ecstatic. I finally had a good Raven figure. Yeah. Um. So what do you, you know, got? So I totally relate. Um, what is like your one or two like fine tales? Like I was looking for this and I got it. Like what's your story? Well, you know, I, I'm I'm going to cheat a little. Sure, because sure. it's You're not allowed. exactly uh, something that I was looking for as much as it was uh, yeah, it just blessed up. upon me. Right. Let's that kind of that count it. that counts too for yeah. sure. Oh yeah. And I know you'll appreciate this because I know you just did um, Starcast a few uh, what uh, two months uh, yeah. about a month and a half yep. ago, right? Yeah, it's crazy. It's uh, been two that months. Long. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah, you're telling me. Um, so I used to hit a wrestling convention in Philadelphia called Cinemania, and it was a pretty you know popular show. It, it would bring in uh, 
you know, some good mm-hmm. level names. Like they had AJ Styles when he was in TNA and um, uh, Motor City Machine Guns. And they would get like names that, you know, uh, would probably be released from WWE and, you know, they'd be signing autographs. And vendors would also be bringing in names and, uh, you know, and also uh, vendors would be selling stuff as well. And one day there was a guy selling, you know, just a giant pile of magazines. And I'm going through because, you know, I'm always looking for some, you know, something to get signed that maybe, you know, will look good on my wall. And magazines were always something I like getting signed. And uh, the guy, is it, it looks like it's at a flea market. So the, the magazines are just spread across. I mean, this guy had like probably 200, 300 magazines to just go through. So me and my friend are just going through them, looking through, whatever. And uh, he's like, yeah, uh, if you buy, uh, you know, 10, I'll give them to you for like five bucks or whatever. It was it was some weird number. And I'm going through. I pick up some old PWIs, uh, find a Pro Wrestling Illustrated Almanac. I found a good WWF cover with Tammy Sitch. And, um, you know, all of a sudden I see this beautiful WCW magazine from 1993. Okay. But there's a little catch to it. Um, do you remember when they would do the Legends Reunion? Yeah, it's uh, Slamboree. Slamboree. Yes, it's Slamboree, yeah. Yeah. This was apparently signed at Slamboree in okay. Philadelphia. Okay, so who's, who's on this? on the cover it was signed by... Oh, it was signed by Sting, Larry Zabisco, Tony Schiavone, Ray Stevens, Ernie Ladd, The Crusher... And a few other names, but the name that always stuck out to me was it was signed by Gordon Soley twice. One on the cover and one on the inside of the magazine. So was this just a pile and it happened to be in this pile of magazines? Or was he like, yes. like this? Okay. I'm guessing the guy didn't know what he had then, it obviously. Just, he had no clue. Because I saw that and I was like, is this included? He's like, yeah, sure. He wasn't really paying attention. And I was just like, well, all right, if you say so. <laughs> so do you still so, have it? you know, I uh, I actually had to sell it a little while ago okay. just to help me fund my trip to SummerSlam. Um, and, you know, I figure, well, you know, it's just kind of sat in a case. I'm sure someone out there will appreciate it and take, yeah. you know, care of it. And, you know, I found a collector out there who I won't name, but, you know, I know for a fact it went to a good, uh, good, good home and it'll go into a good collection. That's good. So what's funny about my, my story early, the LOD story, is yeah. I uh, a while ago, I got rid of a bunch of my toys like an idiot, mm-hmm. you know, like we all do. Same. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I was like, man, I got to find these LOD figures. I'm thinking they're going to be worth so much money now. I got them like a brand new on card for like $18. So it's like <laughs> not a big deal. Apparently those Jack specifics were not the big the big ticket items people were hoping they were. So I, I do have them now still mint on yes. card in my house. So now, now I I do have another item, but yep, I want to ask you this: Did you ever get any of like the single figures? Because they did the shotgun Saturday night, they did the stomp, they did the um the signature series figures. Did you get any of those, yeah. or was it? So I had them. You know, I just I would have random ones during that time frame. Uh, yeah, I had you know Stone Cold Steve Austin, Ken Shamrock, Undertaker. I still have a handful of those guys. Uh, mm-hmm. And ironically, now like Undertaker and Stone Cold Jack specific figures, the Bone Crunchers. 
are on mm-hmm. my Christmas tree every year. So there's, those are, I love it. <laughs> those are actually kept in storage in the Christmas box. Um, but I did, mm-hmm. I did keep those throughout the years, but that was the big one was getting the LOD to, to see if we can define that. Sure. We couldn't find them. Everything else you could pretty much find, but those ones I couldn't find. You know, funny enough, the one jacks that I've never been able to get my hands on even now was the Godfather. I had everybody else, but I could never find the Godfather. That is weird. Yeah, that's very weird. I, I don't think I've ever even seen him at a convention or a flea market or anything. I, I've, I've just—he's always been the one that I've just been like, oh, guess I'm not meant to have him. I'll just stick with Pop Shanka. <laughs> he's the best, the best Charles White incarnation. Oh, of course. Well, that and um, Kama, the, the ultimate, su- the fighter. supreme fighting machine. Supreme Fighter, thank you. There's a big difference in Ultimate and Supreme. So Correct. What, what's your other story, man? Okay, so this actually, this other item, um, I, I, I think everyone will not um, blame me for including. Um, okay, I, I also received it as a present at uh, the same convention in Philadelphia. Um, I met up with my buddy Jack. Did you say what year first off that magazine was when you got that? Like, around oh, what time uh, that was? I'm sorry. Yeah, it was uh, Slambery 1993. No, no, so, the year you bought it, the year you got oh, it. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, 2010. Okay, okay. So, um, and and this, uh, when I met, um, this next item I actually got, I think, in 2010 as well. It may have been, um, it was probably the same show, but it may have been 2010 or 2009. It was somewhere around there. Okay. My, uh, I met up with my buddy Jack, who I had known because he was doing a uh, WCW fan page, and he and I became friends. And um, he he brought me this giant box of wrestling autographs, and he's just like, you know, they're just taking up space. They're they're in bad shape, and. You know, I've never really been a big autograph guy. I just got these at, like, signings, you know, because you were supposed to get something signed. And I just really wanted the photos. And I'm like, okay. You know, so I don't get to look at them at the convention. But, you know, I go uh, at my hotel room later, you know, me and my buddy who were there, my buddy Andrew and I uh, drove up from, you know, Maryland to this show. And we got a hotel room. And, uh, we're you know, we're just we're, we're watching TV and I'm going through these and I'm looking through them and. Okay, there's a mean Gene Okerlund, you know, on a WCW promo. Uh, there's a Bobby Heenan. Hey, that's not so bad. Uh, then I get to a Kurt Hennig on a NWO promo. And uh, I, I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, he, he, he doesn't want me to keep this. I, I got to email him. And um, as I'm going through, I'm, I, you know, I put the Kurt Hennig aside and I'm going through all these things. There's a Macho Man autograph. Autograph. Oh, wow. Wow. Eight by ten. And now, it's made out to him, but you know he. he the fact is, I now own a Macho Man Randy Savage autograph. And I, I messaged him. I'm like, dude, you these you do not want. Oh, yeah, you, you need to keep these. Like, he's like, no, 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 they're just taking up room. You, you know, you you shade them more. And I'm like, this is a Randy Savage autograph. He does not sign an autograph. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, I think we're losing him. We're going to call you right I'm back. Like, Hold on, Chad. It Ch- turns into this back and forth ping pong. Okay, I think we got Chad back after that. Chad was wrapping up his story about trying to get the Macho Man autograph back to his friend. Go ahead, buddy. So yeah, I, I, I genuinely didn't want to just, you know, accept it because 
I, I knew what a big wrestling fan he was. Yeah. But he, he sure enough just said, you know what? It's going to a good place. I know you love Randy, so I want you to have it. And to this day, I, I mean, I, I've gotten rid of a, you know, a couple autographs here and there, but that's just the one that I, I just, I, I still can't believe. I mean, that, what, what, I mean, what a gift. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what a find too, out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, out of nowhere. I mean, the Kurt Hennig one was great. Yeah. I mean, but, and don't get me wrong. I love Kurt Hennig, but this one just, I mean, blew me away, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, that, that, that's one that, uh, sits in my collection, you know, very proudly with, you know, some of my other autographs. So what you got to do for us is you got to tweet that picture out. So oh, every, certainly. everybody can hear that. So when this show comes out, I'll tag you in it and you can tweet it out, guys. Make sure you are following Chad on Twitter. And if you are not following him, get on that. He's at, Horror Movie BBQ, and you go to his website, HorrorMovieBBQ.com, for all the fun pop culture junk stuff and everything <laughs> else you can think of, I'd imagine. My Pet Monster miscellaneous stuff, right? <laughs> Absolutely. My Pet Monster is the star of the show. <laughs> as, it, as it should be. As, do you have a My Pet Monster that, that's with the cups? Yes, yes, okay. I actually do. Okay. Perfectly uh, conditioned. <laughs> of course you do. Of course you do, guys. Again, thanks, Chad, for coming on, and we'll have another guest come up in a minute. So thanks, buddy, for coming on, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, buddy. Okay. Much appreciated. So now on the line, we have, like I said, there might have been a special guest teaser of our regular calls, and it's Eric, who's sick. Eric Sanchez knows, yeah, knows, yeah, how, to use, me. knows how to use Skype. What's up, man? <laughs> Not much, just... You know, trying to get better. Yeah, we don't want you here anyway. We don't want you getting everybody well, sick. That, yeah, I don't. I don't want to do that either. You got a new baby in the house. Yeah, you've yeah, been. You've been in my house baby though. In the house. You've been I have. since then. You were watching Forest, so the official mascot of the PPW podcast. Right, right. You sound not great. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like my like the sound quality or my voice. Just just how you see your voice. It sounds like someone pointed oh, okay. across your throat. Yeah, pretty much. That's how it's been. All right. <laughs> Today it, it doesn't feel so like on fire. Yeah. But I still feel congested. Oh well. All right. So let's hear your story mm. about <laughs> typical stuff. I'm just not giving you shit in front of me. It's normally over the phone. Right. That's fine. All right, so you're about to tell a story about something you want, you were trying to find, and you found it. And I told you, all right, stop talking. Save it for the show. <laughs> well, one of the things I was looking for, um, Mick Foley, I think it was 2013, 2014, around that time period, Mick Foley, um, or WWE was talking about how Mick Foley was going to do a, I don't know if he was doing the arch or he was doing the story, but it was for WWE Superstars. It was a new comic book. I'm like, well, I like comics, and I like wrestling, and I like Mick Foley, so you know, I want to see what this is all about. So I had gone to a couple different Amazing Fantasies and Grant Cracker comic stores. They're out here in the Illinois, Chicago area. And I found them in uh, Plainfield, um, Grant Cracker Comics. It was WWE Superstars number one and number two. And they were kind of fun. Like, I liked them. Um, it's not – I'm sure you've seen other WWE stuff with – characters and how that's almost like an alternate reality yeah. but like john cena it lives in titan city and and i don't know it's kind of cool christian he's a cop <laughs> <laughs> and uh zeb zeb Coulter, he's like the warden of the prison so i mean it's just like i don't know it's kind of cool to see them in like different roles okay sort of so, so to speak so you know i was happy to find it it was kind of goofy that that's really what i was looking for but it was uh, was it hard to? Was it like impossible know, right? to find? 
when they first came out, I think people like flippers were buying them to resell them. So I had to kind of go out of my way to find them because our the, the second issue was already out, so it was getting hard to find. Um, so yeah, I did drive quite a ways, and I would call beforehand to see if they had them. So I had to drive, um, what is it like a half hour from here to Plainfield? Yeah, yeah. So I had to drive a half hour to to find a store that actually had them. What about, I know you, because you're more of a, I guess, pop and toy collector than I am a little bit. Yeah. Are, are there any, like, toys you were looking for? Even when you were a kid, when you were like, oh, man, I need this, like, Funko Pop or, or whatever it was, and you are able to snag it. Well, not even when I, um, not even that long ago, there was a, the Build-A-Figure for Paul Bearer. And I forgot what, there was, like, Adrian Neville and, like, four or five other figures that came in the set. Mm-hmm. And each set, each piece had an arm, a leg, a torso, and a, a body. I'm like, I really need this Paul Bear. <laughs> 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 because I because I have quite a few Undertakers and stuff like that. And I went to a couple different stores, Walmarts. Um, there was one in Joliet. I found two pieces. Then I had to go to Plainfield. There was another piece. In Naperville, there was another piece. And it's, it's kind of ridiculous how how far, like, I would drive and travel just to find this type of stuff. But the last piece I didn't find, it was um, one of his arms. I had to go to... So really quick, for people sorry to, off, yeah. people to know like the distance to type of thing, so start over. So yeah. you know, for, like, I'll, I'll tell everyone the distance driving-wise. So you know, it's so, not like down so the from, block. <laughs> yeah, so from here to Joliet is maybe 15 miles. Okay. Right? And then from here to Plainfield is about a half hour. From here to Naperville is like maybe 30, 40 minutes. Could be an hour, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be a while. So... I just needed them. <laughs> You're driving about like 100 miles for this stuff, all in all. Right. right. So here's, here's like the kicker. So then the last piece I find was in, I don't know if it was like Olympia Fields or Homewood, but out in that area, which is maybe like 20 minutes from here if I take like the highway. Mm-hmm. But I finally found the last piece. I got them all together, and then I ended up selling off the, the figures that they came with. So say Adrian Neville's um, Undertaker, yeah, um, whatever they were. So I sold those off on eBay. So end and end, you know, not counting gas and time, I probably spent maybe $40 on this Paul Bearer just to get all the pieces to put them together. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, cool, I have Paul Bearer. Then I'm looking on eBay, and they're selling the Paul Bearer for $80. I'm like, oh, I'm so smart. You know, <laughs> I, I really... I really saved somebody here. So then I'm in Target um, two days ago, three days ago, whatever I was looking for. Was whatever. So I'm there, and they've got, like, this new series of Mattel's Elite figures. Frickin' Paul Bear is $20. <laughs> so mad. And it comes with the urn. It's pretty much the same, different face scan. But it's Paul Bear. If I could have waited four years, <laughs> I would have saved money. But you were not going to wait four years back then. No, I mean, who knows what's going to be made in, in, in the future. And you know so. what's funny about that? Not only with figures, but, like, I talk about this with, like, my DVD collection and my VHS. Like, at any given time, WWE could decide to change how they feel about a certain wrestler or person. And yeah. they can edit them out of their stuff. Right. You know, like, mm-hmm. like think about it. Like, if you didn't get that Mattel rocker set of Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels, like, the elite you wouldn't have yeah. Marty Jannetty right now because he's he's not getting a figure right now because he's suing them. Same with the demolition. Like you're not getting get a, you never know when that's going to happen again. So you got to get it. You got to search. You got to look out okay. in the wild. You got to order online. Do what you got to do. Yeah, and there are figures that have come out. Um, you know, earlier I'm I'm still just talking Mattel figures, nothing yeah. like Hasbro or from the '80s. But there are figures like a Kane or Ultimate Warrior, Big Boss Man, Papa Shango, like that did come out that collectors like held because they might have been within the first ten series, but whatever series are on now, forty or fifty, mm-hmm. 
when they start to re-release them in a different type of pose or different type of face paint or different, you know, just something slightly different, it pisses off the original collectors because like, oh my god, you know, now our value is going to drop because now there's like one just like it that you can go buy for twenty dollars instead of spending a hundred dollars on it. Yeah. Like the Undertaker, I don't know what series it was, but he's got like the the cloth cape. Mm-hmm. It's the Ministry Undertaker. Yeah. So originally it was a Comic Con where the, the the pupils were just white. <coughs> Excuse me. But then they released it a couple of years later with actual pupils. So it's like pretty much the same figure except with pupils and one without. And that like kind of pissed off the original ones. Like, well, I guess it's not that, not that like this, that not that similar, but it is. Well, I don't really care about people flippers. I just, I, I'm collectors who I care about. So people yeah, like no, you, I, they're willing to I'm drive saying. like an hour to get these stuff. Yeah. And I'm glad that, you know, they re-released some of that stuff because I hadn't, I wasn't collecting any of this stuff five years ago. Sure. Um, it was up until four years ago. I'm like, oh, you know, this is kind of crazy. And it was right at the point, like the beginning of Funko Pop, I became a collector and right in the middle of the, maybe, the second, third year of Mattel. So it's like, I have some of the earlier Mattel ones. Like if I showed you what I have, a, a brand new collector is like, Oh my God, you have the demolition or Oh my God, you have the Legion of Doom because you know, they're sought after now. And I'm like, yeah, I got them, but you know, I didn't pay a bunch of money for them or like some old DX figures like Billy Gunn and, um, road dog, you know, those are kind of hard to find. Mm-hmm. So, any, uh, so before we wrap up with you, cause we've got more interviews to come. Any, uh, other collector, finding in the wild stories you got or, or anything like that? Um, not that really I can think of because it's kind of short notice. <laughs> it's kind of like racking my brain a little bit. It's okay. Yeah. Well, a good news is you're on every week. So if you think of another one for next week's show, if you're feeling better, you, yeah. can, you can add it again. And next week's show, we're going to do our wrestling junk show. Uh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm totally prepared for that. Yeah. Oh, hey, one quick thing. Sure. So there was the Funko Pop, the, uh, the Wolfpack Sting. I yes. could not find that damn thing. I was out in Matson, which is about 15, 20 minutes from my house. And I just went to the Toys R Us there just to kind of look around at Mattel figures because I was bored. And um, there was a GameStop in that kind of plaza area off Cicero and uh, Route 30. So I'm kind of looking. I'm like, you know, I'm going to go over there. So sure enough, there's a Wolfpack staying little uh, corner bend on the box. I'm like, I really don't care because I'm looking for them. And people are asking like 20, 30 bucks for this. So I remember finding that and that was awesome. It's like, Oh my God, I can't believe I found this. <laughs> it's so stupid though, but I was like super excited that I found it. It's that's what's always, it's always stupid when it comes to collecting wrestling stuff, yeah. but you know, we're all into it. Yeah. All right, buddy. Thanks for, for jumping on, get back, get some rest and uh, we'll talk to you hopefully yeah. next week, guys. Make sure you follow Eric on Twitter at, at Eric, John, Sam, you can follow him on Twitter. Yep. That's it, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Okay. And we're going to continue along now. And we've got another special guest on the show, Good Brother Mike. You can follow him on Twitter at MJGIV79. Good Brother Mike, how you doing? Not too bad. What's going on, man? Oh, not much. You were one of the people to reach out to share some of your finding stories. So I just cut you off a second ago. I'm like, hey, save it for the show. So what's what's a couple of your finding stories? Go ahead and with the first one you got. Oh, yeah. First of all, thanks for having me on. This of course. Is, uh, first, first podcast I've been on. So Really? Well, do yeah, more. Yeah. Start your own. I tell everyone to start um, their own. Uh, <laughs> I've been hoping to. Yeah, I'm trying to catch up with uh, Hova, Brandon. Oh, that guy. He's been, he's, yeah, he, he's been on a few, so i I, I got to step up my game here. You know, I think he's busy catching up on the NFL this week, so you might have time to, to, to beat him. 
Yeah, yeah, he he's calling them sabers. <laughs> so what you got? Uh, well, my story spans over a few weeks. Cool. Um, this is back when Toys R Us was open. Uh, with my job, during different two week spans, I get different days off during the week, and I happen to be off on a Wednesday, which is usually the morning when Toys R Us has their stock in. Okay. So I get to the store about 15 minutes before they open, and sitting there just kind of waiting and i see a guy get out of a car and start walking towards the door so i'm like well if he's getting out i'm getting out because he's not getting in the store first and as i get up to the door i'm kind of checking him out and i realize he's one of the scalpers in the area who likes to buy figures and you know go to the flea markets and sell them for twice the price so right then and there i'm thinking he's not getting to the aisle before me so they finally open the door. So before, let me cut you off really quick because I I love the scene I'm picturing in my head of like the showdown in the, in the Toys R Us parking lot in your head. I love it. So keep going. Keep going. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, you know, he's not getting there before me. So they open the door and, you know, we both kind of go in. And I'm at that point, I'm in Toys R Us every other day looking. And I know where they are, know what aisle. So I start walking that way and he's kind of following me. And I'm, you know, speeding up a little and he's getting to a point where I'm going to lose him. So as soon as he's out of sight, I'm speed walking. I get to the aisle and I think it was elite series 50 that was coming out. And I was looking for like Shane, Steph, Corbin, Rhino. And, you know, I rush around the corner and there they are. And out of the corner of my eye, I see him coming down the other end of the aisle. So I grab him, you know, real quick. I got the stack of four in my hand and I'm kind of standing there looking, looking, and he comes up and he's looking at me. He's like, oh, he sees what I got, and he's looking on the pegs, and he's kind of flipping through, and then he's looking at me and looking on. And I kind of, you know, kind of look at him, and he puts his head down and gives a groan like, oh, man, he, you know, he got him before me. Uh -huh. So I, you know, walk away. I'm looking at the Funkos, and then all of a sudden, there he is again. He's like, you know, checking me out. What do I got trying to see? So obviously, I've gotten all the new elites that he probably wanted. So at that point, it was Good Brother Mike 1, Scalper 0. I love it. I love it. So now fast forward two weeks later, another Wednesday, I'm off of work. Obviously, I'm heading to Toys R Us. Sure. And I get there a little early, and there he is again. But this time, he's already standing at the door waiting to get in. Uh-huh. So I get out. I walk up to the door, and he looks, and he notices it's me again. And I'm like, yep, it's on again. <laughs> right? So... You know, the door opens, and he kind of rushes in there, and he's got a pep in his step, and, you know, I'm right behind him, and we get to that point where I can't see him again, and I run around the backside, get into the aisle, and there's two defining moment Macho Man figures. Uh -huh. They had just come out. So I quick grab them, both. I only needed one, but I'm going to grab them both because I'm not letting the scalper grab it. Yeah. And he comes you know, rushing down the other end of the aisle, and he looks at me, and he looks at the pegs, and looks at me again, and he's like, you need both of those? And I'm like, yeah, I, I'm getting one for a buddy. So head goes down again, he grumbles and walks away. So good brother Mike 2, scalper 0. <laughs> what's, so at that point... What's funny um, now is I, those those Macho Mans were everywhere at, at that point, but I love it that you got him right there. That's great. Oh, yeah, I'm not letting the scalper get no, you know, can't the do figures because it. it's just not fair that what they charge other mm -hmm. people for these figures. Yeah. So I got the two in my hand. I only need the one. 
So I take the one and I, you know, hide it at a different place in the aisle. And then I text Brandon Hova and I say, hey, man, I found the defining moment Macho Man figures. I got one hidden in the aisle for you because sometimes we play a little hide and seek when we find stuff that we need. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up leaving the store with my defining moment Macho Man and the scalper left empty handed once again. That's great. That's great. Like again, I love this, this the you know old West standoff in the parking lot of Toys R Us. That's awesome. I love oh, that. yeah. I was like, as soon as I seen him at the door the second time, uh, like I'm getting to a point. I'm running. Like he's not getting there. <laughs> That's good. You're you're fighting the good fight for all for all the collectors out there that are actual collectors and not flippers or scalpers. We appreciate. Oh, it. yeah. Of course. I mean, you know, I'm always willing to help anybody out. You know, if you're looking for something, need something, you know, reach out to me on Twitter. Send mm-hmm. me a DM. You know, I'd be happy to look for it. If I can find it, I'll grab it for you. Yeah, for sure. I think everyone, you know, not not necessarily just wrestling figures, but anything wrestling related. You know, there's stuff. There's if you're looking for like a toy belt, or if you're looking for like a particular collectible or video or, or anything. You know, we're all kind of out there checking each other's stuff out. So I appreciate we all appreciate that. Right, and it doesn't even need to be wrestling related. You know, if you're looking for something for your kid for Christmas, like uh, last year, Scott from Fully Posable was looking for a certain item for one of his daughters, and. Mm-hmm. I ended up finding it in the store, you know, got a hold of him, and he's like, yeah, man, hook me up. So I sent it on over to him, and his daughter had a great Christmas. There you go, man. That's awesome, spreading the positivity around there. So so that was your, your, your couple tales about, you know, taking out the scalpers. Do you got anything else you wanted to share about something like, hey, I was looking forever for this, and then, boom, it popped up, or, or it, it, it appeared in an unexpected place, anything like that? Um, actually, the first Hall of Champions series at Target. Yes. Um, I think I found only one or two of the first ones. I think I found Eddie and Batista, or Eddie. And, uh, yeah, I think it was Eddie and Batista. And then I couldn't find Rikishi or Undertaker anywhere. I Mm -hmm. kept looking, looking. They never had him, never had him. So I ended up hooking up with people, you know, through Twitter. Sure. Uh, I think Nick Jacoby ended up sending me one, and somebody else did. And then as soon as... I got all them. Then I went back into the store, and then they had them restocked. Yeah, Target's like, tricky. Target's tricky because you can never tell when they're going to put stuff out. At least they can out here. You can never tell. And uh, yeah, so our our area is like crazy. Like we just recently got Elite Series sixty two at Targets, and mm-hmm. we haven't even seen sixty one yet. Yeah, it's goofy. You know, like because our Target around here, there's I have I have two suburbs close to me. There's Orland Park and Tinley Park. They're called, and they're about like three miles apart. But the Tinley Park Target gets everything, and of course I'm in Orland. The one by me, I get nothing. So you know I've got to travel a little bit extra to get the to get what I'm looking for. But you do what you got to do, right? Right. Yeah. That's like the new retros figures. Yeah. Um, I found Series Four with the you know with the one with Ric Flair and them. Yeah. A few weeks ago, and then all of a sudden Series Six was being found at Kmart's. So I ended up picking those up, and I still haven't seen any of Series Five anywhere yet. Well, that's why we do the hunt, right? That's why we keep our eyes open and keep looking for each other. And, you know, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your stories, particularly about the scalpers. And uh, like you said, if anybody is looking to, you know, hit you up for, for looking for any type of figures, you can follow him on Twitter at his good brother, Mike, at MJGIV79. You know, he's always tweeting in Fig Life tags and and you know wrestling related tags so you can find him on there just look for good brother mike and you'll you'll see him on there 
Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up, man? Uh, I'm not sure. You got any other questions for me? No, like I said, this is a rapid fire week this week. Uh, at some point, we're gonna do. I'm gonna try to do a show where I have a bunch of people on at the same time, but. You know, with everyone's schedules and stuff, that's tough. And at that point, all the wrestling collectors, you know, wrestling memorabilia collectors are going to be on, and we'll all do a big roundtable at some point. So we'll save our stories for then. Oh, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. All right, buddy. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Look forward to another uh, interview with you. For sure. Okay, and we have another special guest, uh, the second Chad of today's show. It's Rad Chad. You can follow him on Twitter at RadChad86. Chad, how's it going? It's going great, Steve. How are you doing tonight? We're doing good. We're kicking through these interviews. You're, we've got you, and then we got one more, and then we're going to pop this off for everyone to listen to. So, obviously, the show topic is fun stories of finding stuff out in the wild or even online or whatever it is. So, what do you got? What's a story or two you want to share? Well, first of all, I just want to thank you uh, for having me on. Yeah, uh, thanks for coming, man. It's a shame Eric was sick, but I think this is a pretty cool idea, especially I can't wait to uh, till it drops and listen to it. Yeah, and what's funny is I called Eric via Skype, so Eric has also made a special guest appearance of a fun story, oh, too. So everybody's perfect. on. It's great. Perfect. Um, so, yeah, so for my story, so uh, for my job, I travel a lot. So I'm, every single time I land in a new city, the first thing I do is Google retro toy store, retro video game store, because those often hold toys as well. Uh-huh. Um, and... Uh, so one of my favorite stories is I flew into Kansas City and I typed in um, retro video game store and a vintage stock ever came up. Have you ever heard of a vintage stock? I have not. So it's basically like a um, it's a kind of a catch all. It's got like movies, uh, video games, toys, CDs, everything like that. So I pop into this vintage stock thinking I'm just going to kind of just walk in, probably find nothing and walk right back out. And in this vintage stock, I see about six or seven pretty hard to find elites um, that I had never had from kind of back in the day. Mm -hmm. So they had the Dusty Rhodes Elite Legends series. Uh, I think it was. Is this the one with like the gold back type of thing almost? Like the card? Yes, the yeah. gold back. So he has like the Hall of Fame plaque. He's in the polka dots. Yeah. Um, I'm terrible with series, so I'm just going to have to Me too. Me too. That. Me yeah, too. So it's okay. Don't that. worry about it. <laughs> Uh, but they had the Elite Legends Dusty Rhodes, and they also had the Elite Legends Steamboat, where he's in, like, the red tunic, and it looks like it's from, like, the big event, 86. That's kind of, like, the vibe I yeah. got. Um, they also had, like, Terry Funk. They had the British Bulldog in his 97 Heart Foundation gear. They had Kamala, Iron Sheik, uh, Defining Moments, Bret Hart, um, Defining Moments, Triple H, where that, the 2002 that, return. That Bret Hart's a big find, for sure, that Defining oh. Moments one. And see, Brett's my all-time favorite, so anytime uh -huh. I see Brett, instantly the purchase fingers start kind of, okay, <laughs> I, need to, I need to make something happen here. Yeah. So I noticed that they had all the basic elites for $20 each, and they had both of the defining moments for $100 each. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was a little, I thought that was pretty fair for the elites, but I thought it was kind of a little steep for the defining moments until I looked up the prices myself. Yeah. And, and I realized those are those are pretty accurate. Um. So what I did is I just did your your typical, hey, if I walk out with all these, what's the best deal you can get me? Mm -hmm. And so store manager and I went back and forth, and eventually I said, if you walk out with every single thing today, we'll we'll give you basically all of it for the price of the two defining moments. Oh wow! So you got a, quite the deal too. Yes, got quite the deal. Um, this was my second time going back in the store. I had actually left to kind of figure out if this was something I really wanted to pursue. I bought the Dusty Roads and the Steamboat separately. I posted that on my uh, Rad Chad page. Okay. Um, and then I went back in there, and I was like, hey, I was the guy that bought the Dusty Roads and the Steamboat. This is kind of the play I want to make. And 
they went for it. So that was uh, quite a haul, quite a good day. Now, when you're and traveling, actually, do you pop yeah. these, these guys open and you just throw them in your bag? Because I know you're pretty – a lot of your collection's loose. So what, do you pop them right. open? What do you do? So I'm really weird. Um, it's just kind of what I'm feeling. So the Bret Hart, I kept uh, mock, okay. mint on card. Uh, I kind of keep all my Bretts that way with the exception of if I find them at, like, retail, like Target, yeah. I'll, I'll pop those open. Uh, but the other ones, yeah, I pop them open and uh, put them in my bag and kind of call it a day. Mm-hmm. So that's, and that's, that's, that's a big the, deal, I'm, too. I'm more of a loose – yeah, unless I find, like, a uh, Axe and Smash um, sure. or the Rockers, I'm not, I'm going to probably open them up. Mm-hmm. So, um, the other one, the other story that I wanted to share, this is kind of like a, uh, trying to find the word for it. It's kind of unique. So I go to a lot of flea markets on weekends. Okay. And my goal when I go to these flea markets is just to find obscure stuff. What, whether it could be a, you know, a ping pong paddle that's WWF themed or anything just obscure. Yeah. And wrestling uh, junk. You want it. Anything. I don't care if it's a thermometer. I don't care what it is. Yeah. Um, so do you remember like back in like the early 90s and the late 80s, those wooden like toy chests? They were yes, like, yes, the, like a, yes. It's got all the it's got like the pictures of on all four sides and there's like a little latch yes. on the front. Yes, I do. Yes. So I walk into this flea market and I see the WWF toy chest sitting right there. For, I've been to this flea market millions of times. and I never find anything worth buying mm-hmm. ever. I walk in, I see this toy chest sitting right there, and it was an instant, you got to have it moment. So I bought that thing. It's in the middle of, like, my game slash toy room. It's, like, kind of like a centerpiece where I have coasters on to, like, set drinks on. I have no idea what to put inside of it. I, right now I have all my wrestling books inside of it. Um, but that is probably by far one of the coolest things that – I have my collection. Yeah, and I think I saw you tweet that out, and like I was instantly jealous, and I instantly went on eBay to see if I could find one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're out there on eBay. The problem is you got to pay about mm-hmm. the price the the guy wants, and then about an extra forty dollars to ship it, if not more than that for sure. Because these things aren't big, and they're they're heavy too. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're put together pretty nicely. They are sturdy. Yeah. Um, I actually have two. I actually have two of them. I have the WWF one, and I have a Nintendo one. Okay. And I'm really on the hunt for a, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one, but that's for another day. Yeah, for for people that are you know that were born in the mid to late '80s, those those toy chests were like everybody had one. Like I don't know yes. why everyone just had one, whether no walk, matter what it was, you had one. Yeah, you walk into your buddy's toy room, and it's probably mad chaos because toys are everywhere, but you yeah. know where to find more. Exactly. And <laughs> yeah. And what's funny is I had like a Chicago Bears one, and I had a, a I think a Ninja Turtles one actually, and I remember like the Turtles one eventually like disintegrated upon itself because I you know banged it around so much. But the Bears one I had until pretty much my parents sold their house, so yeah, yours will last for a while. This this toy chest. Yes, I'm never gonna get rid of it. It has some paint chips. It's got a little bit of staining on one side, but to me that just means it's authentic and it was loved and cared for, and it you know that, that to me is better than almost a mint one at times mm-hmm. so that and what's funny too you mentioned like all oh, looking for like a paddle ball or whatever it is uh, our, ne- our show next week is going to be about wrestling junk so st- so you know hey. anything like that you know wrestling everybody loves wrestling junk you know <laughs> yeah i i'll let you know uh, what i all find i mean i found a lot of stuff over the years mm-hmm. uh off the top of my head it's not coming to me but no for sure obviously and, that, and that's yeah. okay but but i do love that the story about the the toy chest and you know for traveling you know i travel once in a while every once in a while for work i try to avoid it because you know yeah. i don't like 
like it, but it's a good idea. I'm going to start stealing that, Googling in the second I land, vintage toy stores, vintage video game stores, or, or yes. whatever it is. Yes, top three, Google top three toy stores. And, you know, I do it in Chicago. I travel to Chicago all the time. Mm-hmm. And I always find myself at Quake Collectibles. Mm-hmm. I picked up an awesome WWF board game from, like, 1985 there. Yeah. Um, and so, I don't there's a yeah. there's like if you ever if you'd have to come on the weekend but there's a place around there's a swaparama around here uh okay. that's in, just outside the city and it's massive it is massive and it's your typical you know flea market where they've got you know a million stands selling amazon jailbroken fire sticks but there's sure. also a handful of places that like you got to dig but they've got toys and they've got video games and stuff so it's called swaparama in addison and uh or not at i think maybe it's whatever it's, it's swaparama in Illinois, just outside of Illinois, or I'm sorry, Great. just outside of Chicago. So next time you're here, Google that. But they're only open on the weekends. So you got to be here on a weekend. Ah, okay. So I'm usually just there like Tuesday through Thursdays. Right. So I'll have to find my way up on a weekend and check out Swaparama. Now, since this is somewhat related, so when you're out there, you know, when you're in these different towns, are you finding that in the recent years, wrestling collectibles and collectibles in general at these resale shell shops the value has gone up where they know like what stuff's worth more now so yes and no so um i feel like the chain ones like vintage stock there's you know 17 vintage stocks i think that exist like in the midwest they're mostly in the kansas city missouri area Mm -hmm. um i would say in those places yes um now i got lucky and popped into that one and I think it all depends on, honestly, the due diligence of the manager if they're looking, you know, up prices. Yeah. Um, but these privately owned ones, like I have a store next to me. It's about 20 minutes away. It's called I Had That. Mm-hmm. And it's just a catch-all nostalgia store. And this guy sells carded Hasbros for 30 bucks. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, they may not be the best shape. Uh, mm-hmm. They may have creases all over them. They might be foreign cards. Um, but if you're a loose collector, I mean, this is a great way to get some mint loose Hasbros. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think it kind of depends on honestly from store to store. Um, uh, so yeah, because yeah. I, I don't know. I just know it's just completely anecdotal, but it's just what I've noticed recently. Is like wow, like I used to be able to like because there's a local place by my my house actually. It's called Disc Replay, and they have toys. Yeah, and they love have, Disc Replay. Yeah, yeah. And that's if you're ever out here again, let me know. There's Disc Replay like across the street from my house in Orland Park. Oh, beautiful. Um, but. For a while, they were selling stuff like I, I'm a big DVD and VHS correct collector, and they were Same. selling the WWF version of the DVDs. So like WrestleMania 17, for those who don't know, the WrestleMania 17 DVD, the original one, is worth like about even now with the network, close to $100 on eBay you can get for it. And they used to get them all the time, and they'd sell them for five bucks. So I would buy them and sell them, you know, because I already have my copy. But recently, when they get them in, now they're priced more appropriately. And they have toys, and everything seems more appropriately with them. So I guess good on them, but a little disappointing for yeah. me to find a deal. <laughs> yeah. Somebody in that uh, within disc replay knows. Yeah, exactly. The value. Exactly. So, all right, man. Well, thank you for coming on. Thanks for sharing your stories, uh, guys. If you want to follow Chad on Twitter, he's at he's Rad Chad. By the way, not not Chad Horror Movie Barbecue. It's a little different. He's at <laughs> at Rad Chad eighty six. He's always posting pictures of. Uh, figure Fridays and, and obviously stuff you're finding at thrift stores and, and flea markets, stuff like that. So keep doing that. Um, I was talking with Brandon Hova a few weeks back, and like our big thing is everyone share their stuff. Like we need to keep sharing our everything we find. I love seeing. Yes. That. Don't stop tagging people. Don't think you're being annoying. Every little thing, just I love it. Keep doing it. Everybody keep sharing their stuff, no matter what it is. Agreed. Agreed. All right, and Steve, I appreciate you having me on the show. Uh, I'm looking forward to. Uh, hearing all the future episodes. I'm a big fan and uh, keep up the great work. Awesome, man. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Have a great one. 
All right, everyone, we'll continue on with our next guest, Jordan. You can follow him on Twitter at JMRubes, R-U-B-E-S. Jordan, how's it going? It's going great, Steve. How are you? Doing good, doing good. These interviews have been fun, and I'm looking forward to hearing your finds, finding stories of wrestling-related figures or toys or videos, whatever wrestling junk you found out there. Uh, so what do you got? What do you want to share with us today? So I will tell you, I'm not the the fig life guy. I mean, sure. I totally respect it. I get it. I see everything that you guys post on Twitter and whatnot. I think it's super cool. Uh, it's just never been my thing. I've got all my toys from when I was a kid. Uh, That's and, better and than most of to... us have. So congratulations to you for keeping them <laughs> out. Uh, yeah, from the LJN figures, all of them. I, uh, I've got uh, I've got everything waiting for my kids, and they get a little bit older uh, to be able to play with on their own. I am very much into, uh, you know, videos, certainly yeah. back in the day before the advent of all the over-the-top and, and uh, streaming services and whatnot. So one thing, uh, there's actually two stories that came to mind in particular. One was from when I was a kid kid. Uh, this was probably 1990. Okay. Uh, my dad had a clothing business, and in the business uh, where it was located was a warehouse. And I would go with him and just hang out on the weekend, something to do, you know, spend some time with dad and whatnot. And on Sundays, they would have a little flea market. And as a little 10-year-old kid, I would just sort of wander around and do my own thing and look and look and look. And there were two tapes that I had wanted, one because I had seen it once and just could never get my hands on it, and the other because it was, at that point in time, somewhat new and I found them both. It was WrestleMania three in the clamshell mm-hmm. and and Royal Rumble 1989. And I will tell you, for me, for all the people, and it goes back to the, the, the memories that you have versus the overall you know event itself or the quality of the event itself. Right. Whenever I hear people talk, talk about and, and, and drag down Big John Studd is the victor of, of Wrestle of uh, excuse me. Royal Rumble 89, I say, wait a second, that was my show. (laughs) That was the one that I looked for, you know, on, you know, any store I could go into with my mom in the mall. And, you know, you know, from like back in those days, you couldn't find videos the way that you could even DVDs 10 years later. So that was just something that was always so great. That's a big deal. And I've got a VHS collection myself. And what's funny, too, is you mentioned that I've talked about in the show before, like, when I would go to like visit my cousins or do whatever, if they had a video store, I would go to their video section because what they had was different than mine. And like it was such a big deal to find wrestling. And we're so jaded now because of how much is out there, but it was such a big deal to find it. So that's an awesome story. So thank you for sharing because I'm looking at my WrestleMania 3 clamshell right now. So thank you for sharing that story. And, you know, I, I, I still have all my, my VHS. Uh, you know, some of the things I've taped off TV, yeah. some of the things I've taped from tapes that I wasn't legally allowed to do, but that we all did. Right, the two VCRs uh, but together. I have, <laughs> I have, you know, the uh, yeah, exactly, the two VCRs together. But I do have uh, in my in my folks' basement, uh, you know, like I've got my my King of the Ring '93 in in pristine, now watched of course, but pristine condition. My WrestleMania 9, which, again, a lot of people will drag down. But for me, uh, because my dad was in Las Vegas at that time and actually played craps with Lex Luger and Mr. Perfect, uh, or specifically with Kurt Hennig when, when and Lex Luger walked up. So to me, that event holds much more significance 
over, uh, you know, than just the, yeah. the wrestling itself and the card. And that's why I make sure to always keep that VHS with me. So I, I totally get what you mean of the, you know, we've moved into, into an era where we don't need these VHS, but it's so much more about, you know, the, the history, the moments for you growing up, the excitement of when you first got it. So I suggest uh, too. So I, don't I, if, I don't know if you have your, your your tapes on display or whatever. I know you mentioned you have you have children. So my daughter's three, and I have my tapes on display. And like we do a thing now. We're like, hey, do you want to pick a tape? And she gets a kick out of like going up, browsing, looking up. Like I want this one. Like picking up something physical and things like that. So I suggest mm-hmm. you, I suggest everybody keeps all their physical stuff because at any given time, Vince McMahon or whoever could decide that uh, this particular wrestler is now a bad person. We're not going to show their stuff anymore. You know, so you, you got to keep it. Hundred percent. I I completely agree, and uh, I think you know, for me, I remember when I was a kid, Friday night, Saturday night, going to your not even Blockbuster, right? You went to your local video yes. store, and the excitement of trying to find the new tape that was out, or maybe it was the tape that you had rented six straight weekends, but you wanted to make sure you could see it again because you loved it that much. There was just something about it that I think our kids, you know, what we have two children. Uh, Haley is one and, and Avi was just born seven weeks ago. Uh, they will never really understand that because everything is right there for them to enjoy at any, you know, any given moment. I mean, you know, Haley, I think, watched Trolls like six times in the last two days yeah. because it was just there and, and she, she likes it and it'll keep her occupied for five minutes. But that excitement of, of finding something, whether it be renting or buying or whatever it was that you you were so excited to find and that you didn't expect to find mm-hmm. uh, that moment as a kid when you're 10, 11, you just, you can't, you, you can't replicate that. No. And the, hopefully some, hopefully like hipster millennials will bring video stores back. That's kind of like my end goal. They brought vinyl back. So I'm thinking they're going to bring VHS back. I think that's next. I, I totally agree with you. Uh, and I was, when you started to mention that I was going to talk about the vinyl and all the, the vinyl that I was able to buy yeah. from you know, albums that I liked even in the nineties or two thousands, but because it became so popular again, it was, it became, you know, like a new rap. Yeah. Almost the, the other story that I want to mention was as I got a little bit older and this one's probably a little bit more embarrassing. Uh, and that's why it's, I want to It's tell wrestling. You. Nothing's uh, embarrassing. It's wrestling. Raw grown men <laughs> watching guys fake fight in Spanish. Nothing's embarrassing. So share away. Grown men with belts, right? Yes. So, I I live in New Jersey and I worked uh, in New York uh, when, in the early 2000s. And so I would always walk by purposefully uh, because why not? WWF New York, right? Mm-hmm. It was there. I would probably stop in on my way back to Port Authority like three times a week uh, just because maybe they had a new shirt. Maybe they were playing a video I wanted to see, whatever it was. One thing that I wanted, I don't know why, and I still have it to this day, which my wife still mocks me for, <laughs> is I wanted, I wanted, it's one, one of many things, of course. I wanted a cardboard cutout of The Rock. As you do, because, sure. Because, right, I mean, so is, all, hold on, is he, is the, he in this wrestling gear or is he in like a vest and slacks? No, he's, he's in his wrestling gear. Awesome. Essentially wearing nothing but his trunks uh, and his boots, and and it was it was heel rock, right? So it had the extra long, long sideburns. Okay, 
and he's raising the eyebrow and he sort of has his his hands by his trunks uh, and, you know, he's giving that rock look. So I wanted this and I have to, at this point now, transport it from WWF New York back to my house, my parents' house in New Jersey. So I have to sit on the bus going home with this <laughs> ridiculous cardboard cutout. Now, it would really be helpful to me if the cardboard was folded in so that it was just a white huh. cardboard and nobody would know what it was. Maybe it was a school project or maybe it was anything but what it was. But no, of course, it had to be folded the other way so that everybody could see 80% naked The Rock. Um, and so I got it home and I wanted to proudly display it and I don't know why, but I decided to put it between the back wall of my room and the headboard for my bed. So there you see when you walked into my room was the rock right behind my bed um, with no shirt on, which is cool. Everybody's got their own thing. And looking back on it, you know, the other one that I had that probably would have made more sense to put behind my bed was my Mandy Moore cardboard cutout. There you go. That's okay. Well, it's funny is like I I had a a Britney Spears cardboard cutout that I like uh, I was at a, a gas station and it was like a Pepsi promo and I asked the guy I'm like hey can I have this and he said yeah he's like we're getting ready you can take it so I had that in my room in addition I also had a picture of Stone Cold Steve Austin a giant picture not like in like a wrestling pose it was just him with his shirt off with his arms folded looking at me so I have same similar boat as you man so we're all good yeah it all works out in the end you get it. I do. It all yeah, works out in the end. I, I, I like it. It all, it all it all works out. We all have our we all have our things. Like you said, it's wrestling. You know, I've uh, the only thing I've watched longer than wrestling is baseball. I've watched baseball since '85, wrestling since '87, and uh, I don't watch as much of the new stuff now. But you know, but, but between your podcast and then uh, a couple of the others uh, uh, that I really love from the fan side, like the, the OBP guys and Greetings from Allentown, like yes. I, I love listening to the, the folks from our generation. Uh, really speak about whether, even if it is the current stuff, but I just think that we all have a similar mentality and a similar viewpoint of, of, of wrestling and how it has affected us. And in a lot of ways, I think even molded the way that uh, we made friends or interacted with people or the, or yeah. the way that we played. On. I mean, I was an only child. So, you know, for me, primetime wrestling was time to wrestle with my pillows or my wrestling buddy. Mm-hmm. He's on my bed for two hours while while uh, Gorilla and Heenan did their thing. Uh, so I, I it is it is so cool to to listen uh, to all you guys. I think you guys just do a, a phenomenal yeah. job, and, and I, I try to always make sure that I. I'm just sorry, I was just going to say I try to always save some of you guys for times where I know I'm really going to be able to pay attention. You know, for each and every minute, there are some podcasts I listen to where I just put it on in the background. But you know, your yours and the other two guys. The other other two shows are ones that I, I definitely make sure that I'm, I'm tuned in all the way. Yeah, the OVP guys, I'm jealous of their soundboard, and the uh, <laughs> and, and our buddy greetings from Allentown. Like his like nuances crack me up. Like the stuff he finds and, and the detail he goes into. He did a show request for me a while ago, where I requested a show um, where of wrestling challenge where Jim the Anvil Nightheart was a color commentator. So I, I'll always appreciate that for him taking a request from me, uh, and. It, it, what's funny, like you mentioned, like this generation we're in, and it's, and it's interesting people that were born in the mid to late 80s and that are in our mid 30s or late 30s now. We we grew up in a time wrestling wise where we caught the tail end of the wrestling boom and we, we, we lived through the steroids and the down period and up through the Attitude Era 
So we had like a, a gigantic wave of different peaks of wrestling fandoms. We're all, I think we're all very un- in a unique position, and that's why I think we all kind of gravitate towards each other because we're not in the giant, you know, boom period. We weren't just in the edge today. We were in, we were through it all. So we were in the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. We went through it all together. Yeah, if you survived '93 to '95, you can survive anything. And back to what you said earlier with those individual <laughs> events, you know, I, I have a soft spot for '93 90 to '95 WWF because that was such a big deal for me when I was a kid. You know, me and my my friends watched it, and we I remember WrestleMania nine. My friend and I made a a bet, my first gambling bet of the Mister Perfect Lex Luger match, and it turned out to be a no go because there was like some shenanigans, so no one won the bet. I remember. Mm-hmm. And that was our first big bet there in, in fourth grade I had. <laughs> it's right. And like you, you hear the name of an event and it takes you right back to that time. And, you know, if, if you tell me about, even if you tell me about a particular World Series game, I mean, unless it's one that for some reason really stuck with you or it was a deciding game, game seven. But even if you just took me back to, you know, I don't know, like game five of, of the you know, 97 NLCS, I, 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 don't have a recollection of it, but there is something about specific moments in wrestling history that you you either were so tuned in at that time that it affected you when you went to school and you mm-hmm. talked about it, or you had friends that came over to watch the event, or maybe you watched it, you know, w- w- with with your dad or with a cousin or something. Uh, to me, I always remember watching Survivor Series growing up at my grandma's house because we always went there for Thanksgiving. Right. And uh, I was, you know, the baby's baby. Uh, my mom's the youngest of six. I'm, like I said, I'm an only child. So I wanted to watch wrestling. My grandmother never said no. Uh, she, you know, <laughs> she was amazing like that. And so I distinctly remember sitting on her floor Thanksgiving night when everybody else was just done uh, and either sleeping or had gone home, and there I was, just getting to watch wrestling. So those are the things that always take me back, and that's why I can sit and watch Survivor Series 87, 88, 89 on repeat. That's awesome, and that's a great story, and I can relate totally to that with Survivor Series because I, that was the pay-per-view I was allowed to watch because back in the day it was either on Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving Eve, and since I didn't have school the next day, I was allowed to stay up and watch it. So just little uh, things you remember as a kid, particularly from our era. Uh, Jordan, I want to thank you for coming on. I really appreciate that, and I re- appreciate you telling your stories, and I appreciate the uniqueness of the stuff you you were finding. Um, not everyone else is crazy like me, looks for old VHS tapes, and I'm glad you had that from your back-in-the-day story, and I loved your... The visual of, of of a young you carrying a half-naked rock cardboard cutout on the New York transit system, New York Jersey transit system, is fantastic, and I really appreciate you sharing it with me. If you want to follow Jordan on Twitter, guys, he's at J, at JM Rubes. That's at J-M-R-U-B-E-S. Thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It means a lot. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Yes. Okay, so that will wrap up this week's show. Thank you to all of our guests. Thank you, first off, to Eric Sanchez for coming on, even though he was sick. We appreciate that. Um, we appreciate him not coming to our house and getting our new baby girl sick. So let's see who can we thank. First off, let's thank good brother Mike. You can follow him on Twitter at MJGIV79. Thanks our buddy Rad Chad at RadChad86. Uh, thanks to Jordan. You can follow him at JMRubes, J-M-R-U-B-E-S. And thanks to Chad from the Horror Movie Barbecue at Horror Movie BBQ. All friends of the show. 
this was a lot more fun than I thought it'd be. And it was gonna be good. It was gonna be cool, but sometimes when you're when you have people come on, they're awkward or like they there's long pauses. They don't know what to say. Kind of like our show sometimes. But everyone was really cool, and everyone told different stories, too, about finding stuff. And we're all big wrestling nerds at the end, and I love all the stories we share with each other. Everyone, I mentioned this earlier, please keep sharing stuff. Keep tagging people. It's not annoying. Anything you got, anything wrestling-related, please share. Please tweet us. Tweet everybody. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, at PPW Podcast. Keep tagging me. Uh, Eric sees it. I see it. We really appreciate all the love and support everybody has. And uh, thanks, everyone, for their patience. Well, we've been, I've been gone for these past couple of weeks. Again, got a brand-new baby girl in our lives, and it's super awesome. Baby Molly is little sister to big sister Penny. And my wife, Mrs. PPW Lauren, is doing amazing, amazing things, um, taking care of this little girl. And uh, I'm basically just playing man-on-man, playing with a toddler while... Mrs. PPW is doing all the hard stuff with our, our little girl. Um, and, of course, can't forget the dog, Forrest, our other lady of the household, the official mascot of the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks for following on Twitter. Thanks to all of our guests. See you next week. It's not a thing,